guys, and welcome to the Creative Influencer Show, a weekly podcast talking about all things design, building, real estate, and how to get your next project off the ground running. I have been building and designing Muskoka cottages for almost two decades. And man, just saying those words is crazy. My name is Amanda McLennan, owner and designer of RB Furniture Shop and RB Design, located in beautiful Port Carly, Muskoka, Canada. I'm an entrepreneur at the core with an incredible design team, a mom to my three amazing kids who fill my heart with so much joy. I have a huge love for surfing and a big goal to nail a 360 this summer in Muskoka on my surfboard. My CrossFit tribe, great coffee, of course, Nutella, margarita pizzas, and my next reason why I need to get to Italy. It's on my bucket list for sure. So what's the freaking deal? The Creative Influencer Podcast is a brand new platform that I am so excited to share And, well, here's a quick who, where, and why I ended up playing in your ears. Well, what feels like a little while back, and if I'm being honest, it's two decades ago, I made a huge move to Muskoka from the city to start a career in interior design. I took a beat-up car and a heart that was filled with so much creativity, and I made my way north on Highway 400. I was young, I was free of responsibilities, and I landed a huge internship at a design firm and an incredible opportunity to work on some of the most magazine-worthy projects here along the shorelines of Muskoka. I was a junior and I was just happy to work and fully submerge myself into my passion. Hey guys, I would literally have done anything to spend a moment with a talented architect, a lead designer, a big client, or anything. I just wanted to absorb everything like a big old vision board. Okay guys, let's jump in and get started. I know that you guys are going to love this episode. So let's dive right in to episode seven on the Creative Influencer Show. And today we are talking about hiring subtrades, the important ones to keep in your contact list. This episode is a great resource for those of us that are struggling to figure out um, who to keep on speed dial for your next project and just keeping up with the regular maintenance of your house. So get ready to have your heart and your mind filled with creativity and take some notes because you're not going to want to miss this episode. So before we get started and dive into the episode, I wanted to share this amazing opportunity and exclusive partnership we have with Just Strong and RB fans here on the Creative Influencer Show. 10% off your next online purchase by using the code CREATIVESTRONG10 at checkout. Visit JustStrong.com and grab all of your favorite workout and loungewear gear, beautiful pieces made for Just Strong women. I love this line and it's perfect for those super tough workouts that make us warriors. So don't miss this one, Creative Strong 10 at checkout and visit JustStrong.com. Okay, so let's first break this down into a pretty basic starting point. For those of us that are new to the business or have no idea what a job site is, Depending on your project and what stage you're at, this is just a general overview of trades that you could see at any one time or sometimes all together on site. Knowing that I wanted to create this podcast um, and the episode more on the direction of the how to hire, here are some of the essential mechanical subtrades you should see regardless of your project status or progression and people that you should have in your contact list. So the first one would be plumbing electrical, HVAC, septic. 
If you are a new owner to a cottage or a waterfront home, most of these subtrades should be familiar with your property. So use them to your advantage. In most cases, local trades that have previous experience on your property have a gateway, honestly, gateway of knowledge to all the ins and outs and the particular details from wiring to the plumbing details often hidden behind the walls that without removal would be difficult to understand the inner workings. So if there are previous contractors that have worked on your home, especially in those mechanical like categories, I would honestly highly suggest that you resource those people because they contain tons of knowledge. And especially if it's a new property that's been recently wired or plumbed or things like that. So on our team, we tend to favor those trades. Like if that cottage is like that typically comes with those trades. Now, sometimes that doesn't always work out. Sometimes you might have an electrician or a plumber, but they do have a lot of information and resources. So I definitely encourage people um, to use that. I often, when I'm starting a new project, I'll ask clients if they have preferred subtrades. This is one of the first questions we actually ask on our design consultation forms. Um, and I do it for two reasons. One, it allows the homeowner to provide me with the information so that we can coordinate like a Q&A period with the name trade, again, providing all the juicy details of the project particulars or any problems that we might run into prior to any construction. And number two, if there are no trades that a client has listed, it provides me to time to coordinate a new site visit, a Q&A period with a newly established trade. And this step can provide us with critical details that can save time and more importantly, money, right? Time is money, guys. Okay, so the juicy bits that may be some of us would consider are pretty basic. Here are the who does what on the essential plumbing. So I just wanted to really sort of, you know, I know that there might be some people that are listening to this podcast, you know, and you can obviously, you know, fast forward through this, skip this part, but I really wanted to break it down so that everybody had a very basic understanding of who does what um, and just to categorize that. So first off would be plumbing. Literally, it's where the water comes out and in and around the house. It includes the waste and what happens when you like flush the toilet. Most plumbers these days um, here in Ontario, uh, like most plumbing, it's comprised of PEX or plastic fitting pipes compared to previous, you know, probably about 20, 30 years ago, they used to use copper or metal piping from years prior. This makes the installation very quick and it's easy. And these are some of the new methods um, that they use. It's a very general overview. Number two would be septic. This also relates to plumbing as well. So I wanted to have it listed second. Properties, especially cottage properties that work off of, um, that are that are owned, that are not on a town water system, they would definitely have a septic system that would be installed. And I would say most of the majority of our projects have septic systems. Properties that work off of town water um, removal system known as like a sewer would not obviously require a septic. So that would be like if you're in town, but I would say again, most cottage or waterfront properties are managed with their waste removal with a septic system. If you, it's literally, if you can imagine just a giant tank that's buried in the ground, it has lots of different layers of draining systems. And that's where all of your gray water um, or your sewage flushes and your wattage usage ends up and it ends up in the tank. It would typically um, be typical for you to like pump out your septic every couple of years, but again, it's dependent on age, the usage, and the recommendation from 
the septic installer himself or herself. Um, electrical would be number three. So what is it? Lights on, lights off, essentially. It's so important for you guys to have a great electrician, especially on a project. I use my electrician a lot. It's probably my electrician and my plumber. I probably have the most amount of questions like that Q&A period because it requires so many different levels of expertise. Like even if I want to place a light fixture in a particular area, my electrician might suggest that, you know, switches where the locations are, where the framing, like there's just so many details. So I definitely spend a lot of time with I would say a little slightly more with the, the electrician than what I do with the plumber. I do have a lot of Q&A for the plumber as well, but I would say the electrician um, for sure. So a knowledgeable, experienced, licensed electrician, it's a must on your speed dial, guys. Electricians provide the wiring to and from the power source of the house. It's tricky business and re like full rewiring for like remodels can be a maze of wires and boxes. It's important to speak to somebody that's knowledgeable and helpful. And on another note, I've had, I've had to like plan making the electrical contact with somebody like they, the electrician generally is the person that makes the contact with like hydro or whoever the electrical pipe like power provider is. So that's like your liaison between that contact information. In most cases, Muskoka, like hydro is typically um, the supplier. So when it comes to having lines shut off or lodge boxes or poles relocated, this would be coordinated through the licensed electrician and hydro one. So that wouldn't be something typical that the homeowner would do. They can definitely um, you know, start the chain of the call, but it would obviously be somebody that would be working with Hydro One and you need to make sure that you have a licensed um, electrician that is doing that. Okay, so um, HVAC, which is essentially a heating source. <laughs> heating can be provided in lots of different ways, like through forced air, air ducts, right? So those are like the little grates that you find on the floor radiant in-floor heating, geothermal, electrical, or there are different types of those type of furnaces. But for this episode and this category, I'm going to speak to the most popular heating source that we tend to see, and that would be forced air. I think secondly, sometimes would be the radiant in-floor heating. Um, we tend to see a lot of that. It's a very expensive system um, and it's ductless, so that is nice as well. But the disadvantages are that it doesn't provide cold air. So you have to, um, you know, think about that if you're looking to have that type of installation, um, you know, installed in your home. So back to what we typically find was just forced air, which is the most popular heating source that we tend to see. Um, and that would be like via gas or not like natural gas. We don't temp typically don't tend to have natural gas here in Muskoka. We would have it through a propane source or a propane tank that would be on the pro property. And there's lots of different propane carriers that are here in the area. Um, the most popular you know, propane carriers that would be sort of dependent. I, I, I find personally, a lot of clients will go through like, it's kind of like gas, like whatever is the most economical. There's different rates for propane, different delivery fees and charges. And each company is a little bit different, but um, you know, there are some popular ones that are out there. So I suggest that you research that. Um, whether you're building or you're renovating, like building new or you're renovating, having the most energy efficient home is important. So 
you know, if you're doing geothermal versus forced air, like I definitely, I'm a big believer like in energy efficient, it can save a lot um, in your cost, your utility costs at the end of the day. I know that propane sometimes can be very expensive, especially when it's delivered off. And especially even with electrical uh, charges as well, when you're like not in town and they have to, the delivery of hydro to a remote location can, and when I say remote, like waterfront would be remote versus like in town, it can be quite costly. So you really have to weigh out like what you're looking to forecast for you, your t- utility bills down the road, but energy efficient when you can build, um, you know, that with tight insulation values and, you know, they're just more uh, user-friendly. Um, I just, I think that when you have some of these smart homes and meters that are installed that track these, you know, times and that your furnace is on and all of that stuff, it's just, it's a very, you can see a lot of cost savings on the opposite side of that. So it's very important to plan um, that. Whether you are building new or renovating, I mean, again, back to the energy efficient, we, if you think about it, I mean, we're in deep snow, cold weather here in Canada for six months out of the year. So it's important to have that energy efficiency and cost effective furnace. The positions of the ductwork or like the long metal vents, especially when you're doing forest air, you can generally see these from the basement area if you have an unfinished home. But these are important to problem solve locations prior to any installations of the wall. My number one pet peeve, honestly, is random ductwork runs and bulkheads and areas that take away from the aesthetic value. So make sure that you plan, plan, plan and have a great contractor. This sometimes can be an area and I don't want to throw like the HVAC contractors under the bus. In my experience, I tend to see a lot of just like, you know, rushing through job sites, just sort of getting it up. So I'm just always like very cautious when I'm approaching because I think that, you know, there can be a lot of problem. And again, this can be with your general that you can solve this to on site. You can bury a lot of this ductwork into closet spaces, into empty cavities so that you don't see these, you know, very, you know, unattractive pieces, you know, that end up getting covered up with bulkheads because we want to have sort of that seamless look. So, you know, again, what does it come? And we always talk about this with design is that plan, 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 plan ahead, make sure that, um, you know, you understand, you know, that particular area and what happens on site when. So generally when, if you're building a new construction or if even if you're remodeling, everything would be stripped back to the studs or you would be at that stud or framing position um, where you would have your plumbing rough in, your electrical rough in, HVAC rough in. Everything would be done at that time. So it's really, really important if your contractor is asking you to come on site to review, work with a great design team that they're able to forecast these things and see them into the future so it doesn't become problematic when everything's finished because that's where things get costly if we have to have rip it all out. Other subtrades that we could include into these categories would be things like drywall or wall coverage. So here in Muskoka, we typically use a lot of shiplap, MDF coverages versus like drywall, or at least our projects tend to see more of that due to the ever popular like farmhouse or cottage style look and feel. These materials are typically installed by a carpenter or finishing crew. So make sure that you speak to a reliable insured contractor and don't forget to ask for references. Drywall installers are typically a crew that will require site visits to provide accurate quotations for your project. Some drywall installers just install the sheets of drywall and don't actually provide the taping or sealing of the joints. It really depends. Like I think 
some do, some don't. I've kind of seen it, it's like 50-50. The taper, if they needed to hire that on top of the drywall installer, um, the taper would then be called in to finish the drywall. With any trade, make sure that you ask for references and ask minutes prior to starting any work. Another category, um, sub, another subcategory, would be the roofing and siding. I just put those two together. They're obviously two independent contractors, but installing shingles is generally provided by a roofing company. These are tricky jobs that require accurate skilled installers to prevent any leaks, um, waterproofing on top of you know roofs. We see a lot of that here in Muskoka because we have a lot of heavy snow loads. Um, this would be another trade that I would recommend getting at least three estimates prior to starting any work. So if I was hiring out a roofing company, I'd actually look for three quality uh, references um, and estimates to come into our office. We always try to we try to do three sometimes, um, depending on if their schedules are busy with COVID or they're just not able to get out to site. Um, I would minimum have two, but try to have three. Um, and if you're open and honest when you're having people come out and quote your project, I, I'm always like, I'm always honored by people that are upfront and honest from the very beginning. If they, you know, mention that to me to say, you know, we are also calling out, you know, ABC, XYZ, you know, so that it's prepared in advance. It gives you a good estimate. I always like to know if I'm taking on or if I'm bidding against a proposal, you know, who my competition is. It's nice to know who that is. If that's not disclosed, that's fine too. You know, do your best job. Um, and I think it's just a good way too that we are able to go through and like prepare and make sure that your estimate's included. And we want to have a good working relationship with our client too. So it's a good time to engage, get to know them. It's key points for you to ask those key questions. So don't feel intimidated about that or asking for multiple quotes. It's an industry standard. We see it all the time, um, even in construction, you know, and especially for some of the big builders, some of the big builders will quote out multiple projects and not always be awarded with that proposal or bid. So don't feel intimidated. I know sometimes people do, but don't um, because it's, it's very common in the industry. So siding would be another similar trade to roofing. On our projects, we typically install wood siding, like a wood style siding, um, and then it's painted. Um, there's lots of different compositions of, you know, siding that is pre-treated and painted. And that could be honestly a whole different podcast. Like these categories each could separately be a podcast to dive in really deep to them. But we typically in on general, we see wood style siding that's here. Um, but vinyl siding is another very um, attractive it's siding style choice. And it offers great um, low maintenance value versus something that is wood that you do have the upkeep of having to repaint that. There are different composition materials that you are able to have them, whether pre-treated, where you don't have to typically paint them. But again, with anything that is a natural fiber or natural product, um, you tend to have a little bit more maintenance through that. So um, pros and cons to both. Painters are another great subtrade, and to have them on speed dial, painters offer great service and value. Make sure to review your estimates carefully. Um, things to include are like, are the materials included? Is the project um, and the material estimate, like is, is it a project or are the materials fixed? Is this like a work like by the hour? There are lots of different things that you need to read in your estimates to make sure. Does the estimate include things like prep work, pre-sanding, nail hole finishes? Great piece of advice that if you hire a painter and you're comparing, you know, multiple quotations is to review, ask as many questions as you can, you know, things like, 
are the materials included? Are all of the materials included? Things like paint and paintbrushes. How many people are on your crew? How long does the project typically take? Are things like pre-finishing, you know, required where, you know, we would typically ask our painters to sand and nail fill hole and caulk and, and all of these things. Is that included, you know? Um, is it a time and material? Is it a fixed cost? There are lots and lots of questions to ask. So make sure that you're well equipped to do that. I always feel with painters in my experience is that you get what you pay for. So if you are looking, painters can range anywhere from, you know, quoting out to be $100,000 per project to $10,000 per project. If you're looking to repaint a whole house, I think that you definitely get what you pay for with this. Um, some of the quality or master painters that are out there are very well reputable in the area. Um, and there's definitely a, a huge quality difference from something that's $100,000 versus $10,000. But that said, um, you still can have great value from the $10,000 too. It's just, it's really about questions and making sure that in your Q&A period that you're doing and you're interviewing with your contractors, that you're asking the right questions and, you know, ask them to see some of their work ask for references, a minimum of at least, you know, one to three references, what you're only really as good as your last project. So I think it's important to have a good open conversation uh, with these people and making sure that, you know, you have a good open form of communication with them. I'm a big believer, you get what you pay for on your, so if your estimates seem like really off, if you have estimate one, two, and three, and they're all very off, there's something going on there. It's likely because you're not comparing apples to apples. So make sure that you do your research and plan accordingly. Next up would be a carpenter. These are skilled labor crew and they install anything from trim doors, baseboards, wall covering, hardware. And sometimes they also are required to frame walls unless a crew would come in there full-time framing crew. Most carpenters here in Muskoka are skilled with a vast majority of skills, so it's important to understand what previous projects and skills they have mastered. Ask for your pre previous project pictures and highlights. I've learned that no two carpenters are alike, and sometimes you need to improvise with what you have. I've worked along some of the most skilled people here, and having a great working relationship and a positive mindset to get our project from you know, concept to completion is key. I would say that... Um, carpenters along with your electricians painters like probably my most spoken or like highly conversed with trades on site um having a great carpenter honestly it's a lifesaver because they can really bring like what my vision is into reality so it's about having a good working relationship too on that tile and flooring installers Okay, so this, it's a pretty straightforward category. Some trades are just specialized in this category and only work in installing floors from anything from hardwood, carpet, tile, vinyl. Um, but sometimes other like carpenters or other trades like carpenters will install hardwood flooring as well. Um, it just really depends job site to job site. But I would say, yes, it would be typical for a carpenter to be able to most definitely handle a hardwood flooring installation. Um, make sure that you hire a knowledgeable installer that's familiar with the type of flooring that you're working with. I probably spend the most amount of time with tile, tile installers, ensuring that the details are carefully and clearly laid out for everyone to understand. These would include some on-site discussions from the demo or frame stage to reviewing our drawings to ensure that their correct layout is being achieved from our design concepts. So I do tend to spend a lot of time with a tiler on-site. Um, especially reviewing, you know, what the design concept is, what the materials are. 
I mean, if you're doing this for yourself, I would highly suggest that you bring your tile selections on site and you make sure that the layouts are presented. It doesn't have to be something that's done in some fancy AutoCAD drawing. You can certainly sketch something up by hand or explain to um, somebody on site what you're looking to have, you know, project pictures or inspiration images, but just make sure that everybody, I am always just a big, you know, believer in making sure that everything is listed on the schedule, make sure that everything's organized, making sure that if you're ordering tile or materials, another little side note here too would be that we would put overages in there for waste or cuts. Um, so typically industry standards is about 10%. So it could be, it might sometimes be 15% if you're doing some different complex, you know, cuts with herringbone patterns, you might have a little bit more waste that's involved. So it'd be upwards of 15%. Next trade up would be a millwork. And I love this trade. These are my people. Having a great millwork subtrade is so crucial for a great successful project. So no matter the budget, no matter the scale, big or small, or the in-between, this is where things can be completely transformed. Plan. This is the key set in working with this trade and getting them to check measure on site is critical. Make sure that you only work with a reputable company, check their past work, their projects, and plan ahead to avoid costly mistakes down the road. Next up would be landscaping. I love beautiful spaces and why on earth does it need to stop on the inside? Honestly, the outdoors are just as important. We're blessed to live in one of the most outstanding visual places on earth. So people make sure that you get those campfires and those special intimate dinners and you know those dock days for all those summer afternoons. Planning these outdoor spaces is just as critical on the inside and using the same tools and planning programs for layout designs. We're lucky to with, work with like some pretty incredible people here in Muskoka. So use their expertise, their advice for those tricky spots and helping you to stay on budget. There's lots of great reputable landscapers here in Muskoka. I mean, I could name a ton. Some of them are very, you know, good friends of mine and close colleagues. So um, we probably should do a whole episode on landscapers and maybe do, um, you know, some interviews with people. But um, yeah, I would say that it's just as critical to design, you know, the outside as what it in. Our office typically does not do a lot of landscape design. So we tend to focus mainly in the interiors. I have done it for myself and I've coordinated with landscapers as well, like on a team, but our office in general doesn't tend to do a lot of landscape design because partly we're not familiar with the hardscaping materials or the different, you know, natural components of different gardening and materials that go into that. It's not something that I have a lot of expertise on. A little bit of expertise, I guess, to know like what I like for myself and what I know grows well um, in the area. But I would definitely recommend hiring a professional to come in and let you know, you know, there's different where, you know, how much sun exposure you get. I mean, oh my gosh, there could be like, there, this is, that it's totally a whole podcast because we could talk about this forever. But honestly, I would team up with somebody versus taking on that challenge myself. If you do take on the challenge yourself of doing your own landscaping, which I have done in the past, I would just make sure that you research it really well because I have bought things, pretty expensive things that have not grown <laughs> and they're pretty costly. So, you know, hire somebody. I think that there are lots of really, really high end landscape, you know, designers that and installers that, you know, can equip with pools and infinity edges and like all this like really bougie things. And there is also like, you know, some lower scale, uh, 
contractors as well that just work, you know, on people with more minimal budgets and, you know, they're great too because they have tons of information and expertise. So make sure that you plan ahead for sure. So lastly, I think audio and alarm. This is often an overlooked category on some projects, but it's a nice upgrade if your budget allows to help plan for the audio visual logistics of the house. And in some projects it can be simple, like just an alarm system and some speaker installations to complete the overhaul of the smart homes with the programmable like thermostats from your iPhone. And like, you know, you can carry out like the best party music ever. Um, this requires a skilled trade that's trained for the latest and greatest technology from smart home integration, research and get recommendations from class clients. It's a huge advantage if you can plan this ahead and coordinate with your electrical refin to ensure that the placements of the speakers, the screens and the thermostats are on the most ideal areas. That was crazy. That was like such a long, long winded podcast, but I hope that you guys found the categories somewhat helpful. Um, I hope that you were able to take some notes and, you know, gather some information of, you know, the most, you know, popular subtrades that we tend to, you know, have on site. So just to recap again, we went through, it was plumbing, septic, electrical, HVAC, and then the other sub sub trade categories were uh, drywall or wall coverage, roofing and siding, carpenters, tile and flooring installers, millwork, landscaping, audio and alarm. I think with those categories, you will definitely be able to organize your project in a very, very helpful way. I hope that this helped review all the most popular trades that we tend to use on site during our construction for our projects. I know that there are a ton more, like I totally get that. Um, each trade can be specialized in their certain fields of expertise. The most important takeaway is to ensure that you're well-versed. We talked about that a lot in each of these categories and choose professional trades that are all reputable and insured. Make sure that you coordinate the trades effectively and carefully to ensure that there is no unnecessary overlaps that create costly mistakes or better yet, follow our previous podcast on how to create a design board and room planning. I think it's on episode two. Um, so it was the podcast on how to create a design board and room planning. And it just helps you stay on track and get organized and getting the project off the ground. I always look to have professional experienced people on my team and the more experience and value that they offer to my clients' projects is a clear win for me. So make sure that you find people that help you translate that vision board into the beautiful design like so from that concept to completion without those people on my team I would not be able to you know have these amazing projects because it's all those behind the scenes actions that you don't see I mean in order to get like this one picture that we end up using and posting to our Instagram for social media I mean the amount of people that were required to lay the floor to paint the walls to install the walls to frame the house to do the fireplace like to put the furniture like there's so many people. It's like, it literally like that. <laughs> it takes a village, you know, it does. So just make sure that, you know, we want, and we strive to work with the best. Um, and we're always, always looking to make sure that, you know, on our team, we have the same, I value so much. If we have a great like electrician, if we have a great plumber and those people are able to, 
you know, problem solve and work with our team. It's just so handy. So make sure that you have those people on your team. I just, I, I can't speak for enough for them. I hope that you guys enjoyed this. I know that it's a little bit of a different category to talk about, but it's such an important one to know like how that all sort of moves and maneuvers. It's a very general overview about subtrades, but important to have these people in your speed dial list. I would definitely make sure that if you're, you know, finding trades in Muskoka or in the city and bringing them up to Muskoka, we have done that as well. Make sure that, you know, that um, you're researching them, make sure that they're able to provide references and make sure that you're able to, you know, provide deposits, um, not paid in full prior to starting, you know, but definitely make sure that you're using your time and your money wisely. Hope you enjoyed this, guys. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to this episode of the Creative Influencers Show. I hope you have gained some inspiration today and you've left with your heart and your mind a little bit more full. I have been building and designing cottages here in Muskoka for almost 20 years, and I love talking about this topic. My mission is to provide insightful knowledge around the design and home building industry. We are a very small business, and every DM, like, subscribe makes a huge difference to keep us going. So make sure we we make sure that we read every single one of them. So seriously, make sure to subscribe to our channel and follow us on social, Instagram, Facebook. You can find us over there. Join our mail list to receive 15% off your first online purchase or better yet, subscribe to our RB Love Your Home boxes. They're now offered seasonally to keep your home looking fresh and on style. Yay! If you love what you heard, please subscribe and share with two friends. Spread the word of this new and exciting podcast and remember to love your home. Until next time, RB Tribe, be kind to one another and remember to be inspired and love your home.